As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. So when you need to find that next person to help grow your business, LinkedIn Jobs will match the right talent with your open role fast. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. Things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. That's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by the people you want to hire. People with the skills, qualifications, and other interests that will help your business grow. It's no wonder a person is hired every 8 seconds on LinkedIn. And why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team and get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Daily. Who that? Who that? Andrew, I really like the kids open. That was a great idea by <laughs> you. It, it makes, I think people, it'll make people hate us like 20% less. So, guys, this week... Or 30% more, either way. It could go either <laughs> it way, really. It could be. So, look, this week we're blowing it out with content. It's all free, but you should subscribe. Become a subscriber, $10 level. You get all the cool swag, the crew to taste some cup, all of it. And we wanted to get you ready for the draft. And with LSU going 15-0 and 0 and maybe potentially having seven guys in the first round and it falls right, I had to have my guy, uh, Billy, I'll butcher your last name, Gamilla? <laughs> Just Gamilla, just Gamilla. straight fanatics. But Billy is—he was writer, managing editor, I believe, for End the Valley Shook. He doesn't do as much of there anymore, but he did the game breakdowns for LSU that were fantastic. I've been reading them for years, and just Billy, I have to say, it was the highlight of my week. Some weeks, just what, reading your game recaps and film breakdown from LSU, just destroying teams and making defenses not have a will to live um but we wanted to have billy on because he knows these lsu players inside and out and we think he can give you a perspective that other mock drafts and other people aren't um so thanks for coming on with us billy i appreciate it absolutely you know this year was a lot of fun and you know it's gonna be a really interesting draft for a lot of reasons. It, it just could it could be just a giant disaster because <laughs> apparently nobody in the NFL knows how to video conference. And I, from the Saints perspective, like I, I honestly, I just talked about this on Twitter. Like you could talk me into almost any pick that they make. Like there's so many they they don't have that like glaring like well they have to take this need 
And there's so many, you know, good players that would fit for him. I think well, for LSU and for other teams. I'm going to start here with a guy that people really like. He's LSU. He, he's been slotted to the Saints, and that's Patrick Queen. Billy, he makes me nervous for reasons Andrew will get in for in a second, but he makes me nervous just in a sense of I don't remember him being good for LSU for a long period of time, and I it scares me to take a one-year wonder. And we just saw the Saints, the, the replay of the 2017 draft. They did it with Lattimore. He had only started 16 games for Ohio State, and he was hurt, and that worked out. So my fear isn't always justified, but that's what I think when I think of Patrick Queen. Is my fear, is it legitimate, or is he going to be fine in the NFL, He's going to, and he's going to be a rock-solid player? Well, I wouldn't so much worry about the one-year thing, because, I mean, the reason why the guy only started for one year was because of some guy named Devin White. <laughs> so it, that's kind of, that was what kept him on. Yeah, that guy that. was pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, Queen this year, I, honestly, I was a little surprised to hear how high he projected not that I didn't think he was good, but like you said, it, it had been one year. He he had a you know I thought a very good year for a guy who kind of moved around in some different spots. You know they played him outside a little bit with with Michael Divinity's uh, s- suspension issues, and the, you know his speed really jumped off the page. He had a couple of games where you watch I'm watching and it's like God he's he's just everywhere. And then you look and he had like, you know, a nice game, like eight or nine tackles. And you think, oh, that's a pretty game. But it's like, man, the way he was just everywhere, you would have thought he had like, you know, 10, 15 tackles. Um, and the big thing was he really, really came through down the stretch and, and you know, had, had a big game against Oklahoma. And then he followed it up with a big game against Clemson. He had a big game against Alabama. You know, he came up big for LSU in, in big moments you know, more than their other typical, more than their other, you know, I guess, stand-up linebackers. Yeah, well, I, I, Billy, I, I would say this about Queen. This would be my kind of summary of him. And uh, you always do a good job of calling me out on Twitter when you think I'm crazy. So just tell me if you think I'm crazy. My thing with Queen is that I think right now, as it stands today, He's not a great fit for the Saints because, in general, and this is why they passed on Deion Jones, they don't love linebackers of his size. The, the prototypical Saints linebacker, when you think of Craig Robertson, Demario Davis, Anzalone, um, you know, just kind of all the guys they have, A.J. Klein, heavy hands, thick guys. They can run sideline to sideline, but they'll sacrifice a little speed. They've got to have the thickness. And so, to me, Queen in this defense – is not going to have that thickness for at least a year. He's going to have to be on an NFL regimen in the gym, and it's going to take him a year. He's going to have to gain 10, 15 pounds. So if you draft him, the only place I envision him in the Saints defense for a year is clear passing nickel situations where he's in coverage. That's it. So to me, he would be a first-round draft pick, but a minimal role where he's mostly a, 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 a sub nickel guy. Would you agree with that? Well, I, I'm, I, I have my issues about him, him fitting with the saints. I think that's more because I think he kind of plays the same position as Demario Davis. And I see what you're saying about how, you know, the saints do typically like bigger guys. I, I, I think that's true, but I also think that 
letting something like that hold you back if you think the guy's a good player is a mistake. And I, I think you can find a way to use a guy like Queen in different ways. And, and yeah, he is going to have to put on some weight, but I do think you're seeing more and more smaller linebackers have a lot of success in the NFL. And, you know, I, I've always been a big believer that you, you fit the scheme of the players and you, you don't necessarily try to, you know, shoehorn them into to what you want. Um, I mean, I, I know a guy like Alec Anzalone is a little bigger than him, probably not dramatically. So, I mean, maybe we're talking like 10 pounds or something like that, but you know, Queens, I think part of the argument is he's on the come up. You know, he was a, a special teams guy right away. You know, I mean, just if you want to go back when he was, he was a recruit the same year as, you know, Jacob Phillips and Tyler Taylor, who were both big time star recruits in a year, a class where LSU was really desperate for linebackers. Queen was the least highly recruited of the three. And they all got on the field really quickly. Queen was just a special teams guy. But Queen had that kind of that progression you saw where it was like, okay, he's a special teams guy. Now he's a sub package backup guy. Okay, now he's a starter and he's doing really, really well. And um, so could he be kind of a sub package guy? Yeah, but the Saints basically use every linebacker that isn't the Mario Davis as a sub package guy. So if you think he's your best player, I, I don't let I don't let the size thing scare me off. If you like everything else about his game, you know, well, I, if you want to contrast him with Kenneth Murray, who's a little bigger, and, and Murray's got a lot of speed. But man, if you really watch him play, he's he's kind of he's kind of more in that. I, I hate to, to to bring up you know bad <laughs> memories, but it reminds me a lot of guys like Cedric Hodge and you know, the Jim oh, no. Haslam linebackers who tore up the combine. And then couldn't play. And well, to me, I worry that that they're going to have to kind of break him down and almost reteach him to play linebacker the way they want a linebacker to play. Cedric Hodges' tape was so good that Hazlitt stuck with three years of horrific linebacker play, hoping <laughs> that he would turn into what he saw in shorts. Man, I'm just saying with this, Andrew. I understand your your your, and you're right. The Saints. They like a they like to draft a linebacker with size and heavy hands and they have a profile. You know what though? They suck at picking linebackers. Maybe they need <laughs> to go in a different direction. Good point. I mean, I I'm, I'm just saying that like I I'm I'm I was scared when they picked Anthony. I was like, they haven't picked a linebacker. It's good since Mark Fields. And people were telling me, well, the previous drafts don't tell us about this guy. And I listed all the names and I was like, but it's the same people making the picks. Um, here's a question that, and one of the joys all year was you just breaking down the, you seem to have so as much fun as we did watching the LSU offense as, as you did writing about it. And the question with LSU is how much of the offense was scheme and Joe Burrow being awesome and how much of it is the wide receivers because as great as LSU has had receivers come out they've had they've had Odell Beckham and you know Jarvis Landry but they've also had Dwayne Bow Dwayne Dwayne Bow has had pretty good moments in Kansas City but they had Buster Davis you know mm-hmm. they've had other guys that go high so is is Justin Jefferson is he in the elite LSU drafted receivers, or is he in a question mark for you? 
Well, I mean, as far as the scheme, I mean, I'm always a big believer that players may scheme more so than, than the other way around. And um, as far as Justin Jefferson, the, the big thing with him that that's jumped off the page kind of from, from really from moment one, even in, in, in 2018 when the offense wasn't as good, but he was still clearly the best receiver they had is he's just so polished. And I think that's what's going to translate for him. To me, he reminds me a lot of Michael Thomas. He's not quite as big as Thomas, but in that they both have kind of that bulldog, like, like Michael Thomas can get in that mode where he just decides like put whoever you want on me, I'm getting open and I'm catching this ball. And Justin could be like that a lot. And you would see him, you know, on third down carrying guys, you know, obviously the big third and 17 with Texas, he gets open, he makes the catch breaks the tackle and it just takes off, you know, I, I wonder how he fits with the saints. Cause I'd like to see them get a guy that's maybe more of a, a traditional speed guy. Cause to me, it's like, it's funny. Cause you say like, I say like, well, they've got Michael Thomas. So why would you want another Michael Thomas? But then I'm also like, but why wouldn't you want two Michael Thomases? You know, <laughs> it, like why, why wouldn't you want two awesome receivers? So I, I'd be I'd be thrilled with them. Nolan, with them. Are, are are you saying that you would pick Rugs over Jefferson for the Saints? Please don't tell me you're saying that. Uh, n- probably not. <laughs> I, I would be ecstatic if they still got well, Rugs though, because that that kid can fly. Yeah, and the, the, thing, the, thing, the thing with the Saints is, yeah, a guy like Rugs or a guy like say Denzel Mims, do they are they going to need s- some work to become a complete receiver? Yeah, but guess what? Right now, Saints don't need him to be a complete receiver. The Saints need him to be. Guys could go go deep Explosive. and, and make yeah. plays, and they can learn the rest of it. So they could have an instant impact just doing what they do well, and, and you can fix the rest of it later. Well, I'm looking at these LSU players. If you look at this board, obviously Joe Burrow's going no, number one, uh, but you've got Christian Fulton, you've got Delpit, you've got Chase on, you've got Jefferson Queen, uh, you've got Cushionberry, you've got Edward Solaire. I mean, I've got eight guys that are kind of, depending on where you slot Edward Hilaire, I mean, anywhere from the top 50 to the top 65, they've got, they've got eight guys in there. So I'm curious, is this as talented of a draft class as we've almost ever seen from LSU players? It's up there, especially you got a lot of top, you know, top end guys. I'm not sure you'll have as many lower picks as maybe we've seen from some past LSU teams where they'd have, you know, just maybe one or two of those top 50, top 100 guys, but then they'd have another five or six guys that are, that are, you know, fourth round picks or lower. You may not see quite as much depth with that group. Although, I mean, this whole COVID thing and and everything that's happening, I think you may just see part of me wonders if it's going to be a better draft because teams are not going to overthink it as much. And because they haven't had all the, the different interview opportunities. So it's, they're just going to be go, or they're going to be going more off of the college tape than usual. And, and, you know, that's probably what they should be going off of anyway. Um, but yeah, because it's all, it's all, it's all premium NFL positions too, because you've got, you've got the quarterback, you've got the, the, the wide receiver, you've got the cornerback, you've got the pass rusher, you've got the stud safety, you've got a linebacker, you, you've got a lot of guys at positions that tend to go really high and, and tend to kind of get overvalued a little bit in the draft. You know, it's not like your top guys are a bunch of interior linemen. 
I feel like Christian Fulton has been sort of the forgotten guy in all this. You know, you talk about Burrow, you talk about Jefferson because they're great and they're, you know, if the offense was amazing. Um, you know, you talk about pass rushers, you talk about Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but Christian Fulton's sort of been the forgotten guy. And I felt during the year there were stretches where he wasn't necessarily maybe as good as Stingley was because Stingley's just, he's, when he comes out, he's going to be like a top three pick. He's just, freaking amazing but I felt I looked at Fulton I'm like he's really freaking good like he can be a number one corner now he didn't always show it necessarily but is he a guy and I want both of you to answer that profiles to the Saints at corner potentially I think he could I mean to me the big thing with Fulton is he doesn't get he, – he's not, you know, the guy who's going to go out there and, and just pick off a bunch of passes and post up receivers, but he just doesn't get beat very often. Um, you know, the one time I can remember him getting really burned this year was against Texas on a play where, you know, he 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 turn, he was in phase with the receiver. He turns, he goes for the ball. He, he mistimes his jump, ball goes over his head, guys behind him and gets a touchdown. That's going to happen. Like, that's kind of just you, you take the good, you take the bad with a cornerback like that. Um, he doesn't, I think, have, you know, he's not a Jeffrey Okuda who, you know, that guy's got every tool that you want. And he's also like 6'1", 210, you know. Uh, he's, you know, he's a little smaller, but he's got, I think, the right mentality. He kind of reminds me a lot of Trey White, who was a back end of the, of the first round pick and has become an all pro. And, and, and had kind of that same uh, profile at LSU where he wasn't the big flashy playmaker like a Patrick Peterson or a Tyron Matthew or a Mo Claiborne who would, you know, pick off a bunch of passes and take them back. He just never got beat. You just go through long games where you just didn't see his name call. And that's kind of how Fulton went. There were games where strange, like it was weird at times, like Georgia this year, where I think they went after Stingley like eight times and never threw Fulton's way. And Stingley made him pay, he picked off two passes in that game and brought one of them back for a touchdown. But, you know, Fulton was just real steady. And I think there's a lot of value of that, especially in the modern NFL with the way they play defenses, because you, it's really hard to find. You don't, you don't see the shutdown corner. If you've got a guy that's just really good at slowing a receiver down, you know, you, you might never be all pro, but you'll play a long time. Andrew, does his size preclude the Saints from picking him? I know the Saints like their tall corners. Well, no, I mean, look, you, you look at some of the guys the Saints have drafted. Lattimore is six foot, 31 inch arms, 193. Uh, PJ Williams is six foot flat, 194. Um, so those guys are a little bit bigger, but like, Eli Apple, six foot, uh, Damian Swan, six foot, Ken Crawley was six feet tall. So, uh, you know, he's right there at six feet. Uh, Christian Fulton, he's 197. Um, he runs a sub four, five forty. Um, so my answer would emphatically be absolutely. I think if you're talking pure measurements, um, he is exactly the kind of size corner, uh, the saints look for. Um, you know, to me, he was kind of untapped potential at LSU. Uh, you know, he, he, he didn't ever play enough in my opinion to, I mean, he, he played enough to show that he was a good player, but I don't know that Christian Fulton could have been the five-star athlete that played three years at LSU and would be a top 10 pick. 
you know, if he had realized his full potential and, you know, he missed a season and then he got injured. And so we didn't really get a chance, I think, to see the full Christian Fulton. And, and I think if he can get a stretch where he's healthy and, you know, kind of avoids issues, he could blossom in the NFL like he didn't in college. I really think he's got room for massive growth, kind of like we saw. With, I mean, I mentioned Dwayne Bowe earlier, but you saw a massive jump from college to the pros. We saw with Odell Beckham a little bit too. I think Christian Fulton could be a guy like that. And uh, I don't know how high he's going to go. That's kind of the big question with him is, you know, he's another guy that I think from a pure measurables uh, should go really early. Uh, I don't know if there's enough tape there to justify being a top 15 pick, but he's a top 15 talent. Um, and if he drops to late first round, someone's going to get really good value out of him. It is Billy is Clyde Edwards, Alaire. I, I joked in my column with channel four today. I was like, all you people that are going to scream at me about his size and his 40 times, you need to social distance from me and rewatch the Alabama game. I don't want to hear it. But the thing is, history says running backs at his size and his 40 time. The best one is like Ryan Matthews from Fresno state. Like they just don't translate. So, I feel like my LSU homerism is really biasing me to all the data about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Do you have any qualms about him being a good NFL player? Oh, no, not at all. I, I, I don't know that how, – I'm, I'm curious as to how high he goes because, yeah, he's a complimentary guy in the NFL, but, I mean, at this point – 75% of running backs in the NFL are complimentary guys and he can do everything you want a running back in the NFL nowadays to do. You can catch the ball, you can block. I mean, he's short, you know, we heard a lot. Well, he's so small. He's like two, 210 pounds, 215 pounds. He's not that small. He's just really short. So it, it's, you know, he's like a bowling ball out there, but, and yeah, he doesn't have a, the, the top end speed. I think, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know all the testing numbers this year compared to what I, I usually would just because of, I mean, you know, the world falling apart. But I would guess a lot of his short area athletic numbers are really good. And he's just he, he's just hard to tackle. He, you know, low man wins. And he's when you're that short, it, it, it's really hard to get a guy like him down. Yeah, I mean, Andrew the odds of the saints taking him is low um, unless they do something with, uh, with unless they make a decision on Kamara that he's not in the future. Do you know, we've done We did what we've, we've done two Sims where the saints, we, we picked him, but do you think the saints taking him on a scale of one to 10, 10 being a certainty, zero being no chance, where do you rank it? And do you have any, any concerns with with him <laughs> i mean it's a funny question because it's just like not only does he have to be available like it just has to slot perfectly so one through ten is a difficult metric because it's it, it the stars kind of have to align to pick any player uh, but I, I think the saints would absolutely be open to it i mean right now 
you've kind of got your backfield set with Kamara and Latavius Murray, but you know, there's, there's chatter uh, about Kamara and we don't know what's going to happen with him. I mean, I, I think personally the saints would be crazy to trade him. And I think if, if you've got a window open where you can win, um, then you've got to play it out. And, and I, I think you can't go backwards in terms of talent. And um, if you're trying to win a super bowl, at least this year. So I would keep Kamara. And if you lose him, you lose him. Hopefully you get a comp pick. Um, but uh you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, I, even if they keep Kamara and they don't trade him, I, I absolutely would still be open to drafting Edwards Hilaire. And I, I think he's a great fit. Um, you know, again, it, to me, we, we keep talking about this. If the Saints are ever going to do it, this is the year. When you look at Joe Brady and the installation of the offense, I mean, the, the culture of LSU. And Ed Orgeron said this today. He said, Sean Payton loves what we're doing. He loves the culture and he's told us this. And I just think the saints are more interested because things have changed LSU. It's not the same anymore. And I think the, the fit, you know, going, just going back to the four net years, the guys years, that offense was not never going to translate to the saints because they couldn't see it. You know, they saw a bunch of I formation runs and uh, not a lot of creativity on offense. And I think Sean Payton said, how can I draft any of these guys, offensive linemen, whatever, when, the offense is so simple and I'm not seeing them be multiple and do the things that I like to do. So he went elsewhere to find that stuff. And I think this is the first year he's really seeing that out of LSU and you combine it with the talent. And to me, it's a no brainer. Um, But side, side note, uh, this doesn't really have to do with the draft, but uh, Billy, I got to ask, I got to hear what you have to think about this. How, How freaked out are you about Brady leaving? Does that matter to you at all? Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hiring? 
With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. I mean, it matters. I would have preferred to have kept him, but to, to me, the Joe they're going to miss is Burrow more than more than, <laughs> than Joe Brady, I think. And yeah. I, I'm one of the few people that actually kind of like the the Scott Linehan move. I've always just been a fan of his. I know it didn't really work out well in Dallas, but the one thing I, you know, you look at his other stops, like I mean, Megatron had his best year with him. Uh, Randy Moss had some of his best years with him. It, it, that's one thing I like that how, how he fits this team is we've had a really good receiver. He's been like, Hey, let's throw the ball to the really good receiver a lot. Um, you know, not, not as much with, with, with Des Bryant and Dallas, but they also had, had Dak Prescott and him being a rookie and also having Ezekiel Elliott. So there it was kind of more like, well, we got Zeke, so let's feature him. So I think that's going to be a good fit. And, and Brady's impact, as much as anything, I think, was teaching the rest of those coaches, here's how you teach this style of offense. And then, of course, you know, everything just kind of hit perfectly with the, the receivers maturing at the right time. You know, Burrow really kind of coming into his own. Uh, you know, it was the perfect storm of it, everything. It's so Brady losing is I mean Brady leaving is a concern, but I I don't think that that's going to be what stops them from. Are you a Miles Brennan believer? I think he'll be he'll be okay. I mean I don't know if he's going to come in. It, it, it's funny how we talk about quarterback now. It's like he's Joe Burrow's forever changed how it's going to be. People so... are going to assess a quarterback at LSU because. Think about it. Brendan could come out and throw for like 35 touchdowns the next year. And a year ago, that would have been the best year any LSU quarterbacks ever had. <laughs> and it he, would be poor Miles just Brennan. a little bit more than half of what of what uh what Joe Burrow just did. My poor Miles Brennan. He could go out next year and throw 25 touchdowns and have six interceptions and have just a wonderful season. And it'll be such a letdown from 2019. There's just I just don't know what the you know you're, LSU people. We just have to put 2019 aside, and it's like it's Haley's comet, and it was wonderful, and it was awesome, and it'll stand forever. It'll be, it's arguably the greatest offense in the history of college football. 
but you can't judge anything going forward to it because it's just it, it's unfair to the team and it, it'll be unfair for yourself like that's just it, we're never we're never going to see an LSU quarterback throw 60 fucking touchdowns again you know no no um, it was, and what's funny is is it's kind of the reverse situation coming in where last year you know when spring was over and I, and I wrote this in my preview of, of the, the quarterback situation it's like well here's what we know about Burrow he's a tough kid He's a leader. The, the, the players clearly respond to him. You know, he's got all the intangibles that you want. We've just got to see how much better he can throw the ball. And he was amazing. With Brennan, it's kind of the opposite. Like, I know that kid can sling it. He's got a fantastic arm. We've seen him make some great throws in, in you know, in spring games and in, in mop-up time and stuff like that. What we haven't seen is just how he manages things, how he leads, you know, how does he read pressure, you know. No one's going to be yeah. Burrow as far as making decisions because that kid just – you could see it early on where he would have games where the passing numbers are kind of ugly. And it was like, yeah, but he never put a ball up for grabs. He always checked down right. He took a sack when he had to. You know, he just – he always made good decisions. And then this year, he always made good decisions, and it just resulted in 60 touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> and All right, let's get shook. back to the draft. Let's get back to the draft. Well, I uh, want to ask Billy – yeah, I want to ask, ask Billy a hypothetical. The okay. Dolphins call, and they say, "Hey, Saints, we'll give you thirty-nine. We'll give you pick thirty-nine and a fourth. We want Kamara. We're going to pay him because whatever quarterback we pick, we don't have to pay that quarterback for four years. We can spend on a star player to get fans excited and that sort of thing. If you're the Saints, and you know." We're not going to pay Kamara fourteen plus million. Would you rather have the thirty ninth pick or one year of Kamara? I'd rather have one year of Kamara. In in this specific instance, with Drew coming back, like and just that's to me draft capital wise, that ain't enough. Like if if you're not giving me a number one for Kamara, you're giving me the thirty ninth, and you you need to find another top 150 pick at least if not another top 100 like that i'm not giving him away for less than two you know i I understand you can get like a premium premium pick but but two high picks especially when i got when i got another year because i mean it's not like kamara is going to hold out you know that's not happening It's, it's too costly for anybody to hold out and every running back in the world just learned a harsh lesson from uh melvin gordon nobody's holding out he'll play you know whether what whether they should pay him or not, I I go back. You pick a day and, and I'll give you a different answer because <laughs> I mean we all know it's like paying a running back doesn't make any sense. But when you're when you're when you've got Kamara and, and he can do so much, it, it it definitely changes the math a little bit. One thing I'll say, I don't think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a bad fit with Kamara because they need somebody else like just to help keep some of out of Kamara's usage down just so he doesn't get worn out. You can't be giving him 20 carries and then throwing him 10 passes every game. That's the same thing as, you know, giving the guy 30, 35 carries. You've got to find somebody else that you can trust to produce a little bit. And if it's not going to be uh, Latavius Murray, who I thought they could have, you know, at a couple of different times could have leaned on a little more than they did. They got to find somebody else that can take some of Kamara's load. Plus that's going to help maximize Kamara's production. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, all right. So 
I'm dropping haymakers here. Two questions. Is Justin Jefferson available at 24? Do you think there's any chance he falls to 24? And number two, do the Saints leave this draft with an LSU player, yes or no? Well, the two, unfortunately, until they actually pick an LSU player, I, I'm not going to believe it. I know they picked <laughs> Will Clapp. Like, that doesn't but, count. You know, six, that seven, barely five, counts, five. yeah. Yeah, that barely counts. I don't know if it's – I don't know if it was anything to do with Les Miles and as much as – I think they sometimes they just overthink themselves. You know, it's the same – we always joke they've got to take a, a kid from some small school every year, but they take a kid from some small school every year. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we, we don't make that part of it up. I think just sometimes they get too, too high. I mean, for lack of a better term, high on their own supply. Like they just believe their own, like, oh, we, we know how to find these guys. We're not going to look in the obvious place. <laughs> and, you know, Queen fits, I think, could fit them this year if they want him to. Uh, I mean, I, like I've said before, that you could talk me into a lot of different players at the 24th pick. Does Justin Jefferson fall? I don't think so, but I think it's possible. I don't think anyone has a full idea of what teams are really thinking right now because we don't know who they visited with. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like the normal draft process where you're seeing where guys are going and what teams are looking at who and who went to this guy's pro day because we didn't have any of that stuff. So, yeah. you know, would it surprise me if, you know, someone t- values Henry Ruggs? a little more or Denzel Mims a little more because they've got that extra little bit of speed. This maybe somebody like um, the guy from Jalen Rager from TCU a little more. I don't know. You know, to me, I think all those guys are going to be good players. So I wouldn't have a problem with, you know, drafting either one of them. I I think with what Justin Jefferson did this year on the field and the fact that he did work out really, really well, because I'd kind of wondered if we would see him do that or not, you know, I don't see how you don't have him as the number two guy behind Jerry Judy, but you know, it's the NFL and they make stupid picks all the time. So he may very well fall to the saints. And if he does, they should totally jump on him. They should, they should take, they should take, I'm, I'm I am always, and you know, Ralph, you and I have gone <laughs> yeah. back and forth about this a bunch of times. I am a hundred percent take the best player that fit, you know, balanced with what you need. Well, you know, yep. that's, well, Billy is 100% right, and we, we don't really argue about it. I just – I nod my head with him. His theory is the Saints have been really good at evaluating players since they've gotten Jeff Ireland, but they don't run their draft right in that they just are like, we want that player, we're going to get that player. They don't accumulate picks, they burn future assets, and it works out for them, but it's super high risk, and there's no margin for fucking error. Like, they just – and it works out. They're just a drunk at a craps table. Like, it's been working out for them. But it's very high risk, and they don't have any margin really for error. But, Billy, this is my LSU draft hot take. And you feel free to just nuke it if you want. Steven Sullivan okay. is going to be a better pro tight end than Thaddeus Moss. And I, that is my that is my draft hot take for LSU. Nah, I mean, look, Steven Sullivan – Great kid, and I'll say this, and I've joked about this. He could be a whole lot better this year than we would have known, and there just weren't – it's only one football, so there just weren't <laughs> any balls for him to catch with everybody else doing as well as they did. He's just not real consistent. Um, we never got to see him really – you know, they move him to tight end, but they move him to tight end to, to put him in the slot. So we don't really know what kind of blocker he is at that level. 
It's a big body. Thad Moss, I tell you what, he he was a, a revelation this year. I, I kind of wondered if he would ever play. I can tell you that w- there was a time when members of LSU staff thought that kid had a problem. And it was because it was, you know, if you, if you know the story, it was he broke his foot and, and it was this tiny, tiny bone that they just couldn't find on x-rays until fi- – and he just kept telling them, I can't play, I can't play, something's wrong with my foot. Like he knew something was wrong and they couldn't find it. The LSU play- coaches were flat out like, okay, this kid just doesn't want to play. And eventually they did find, okay, wait, no, there actually really is this <laughs> tiny little bitty crack in his foot that we couldn't see. Uh, it's like Delvin Bro all over again. Right. <laughs> and this year, man, he was so good. The only thing with him, it's a little short for NFL tight end. Um, and you know, but his numbers were, his testing numbers were, were pretty good. They weren't great, but they weren't, you know, wasn't like he, he went out there and ran a five flat and I'll say it, you know, for a guy who had the reputation of being a hundred percent of a, a, a pass catching tight end, man, he's a really good blocker. You know, they were able to just kill people this year in just staying with the same personnel every, every down, you know, with the three receivers and, and Moss and, and, and Edwards Hilaire, because they could do everything they wanted with it. They could run power up with, with it. You know, they could let, let, let Moss be a, an inline blocker. A lot of times he was, they would motion him in the backfield and make him kind of like a, a lead blocker. You know, I, I don't know that he's going to be a number one tight end in the NFL. You know, he reminds me a lot from the Saints perspective, David Thomas. Who is more of that motion tight end, kind of a fullback tight end hybrid guy? There for the Saints, yeah. You know, and it was never the starter, but always was real reliable. Um, I want to say when he did start, I remember. I think in the Super Bowl year, Shockey missed some games, and you know Thomas did well when they had to to play him at, at the starting position. That's who who Thad Moss really reminds me of, and I could see him having that kind of you know. Six, seven year career where he's never really a backup, but he's always a pretty good number two tight end and and, and just keeps getting work doing that. The thing that impressed me about him, and I'd say the same thing about Queen, as the stakes, he just, it's felt like he was getting better every single week. And so as the stakes got higher and the games increased in importance, it felt like Moss, Queen, I mean, certainly Joe Burrow, but a lot of these guys were raising their level each and every week and kind of building off that foundation. And when you're a pro team looking for a player, seeing that progression and that improvement week to week tells you that, Hey, not only is this guy in the film room studying, uh, but he's, he's thinking about things and, and mentally the game is slowing down for him. So, because it's not like the opponents were getting any easier by the way. So uh, I, I really think, that that bodes well for those guys going into the draft, the one, putting that the, kind of thing on film. The one thing I will say about Patrick Queen, first of all, Thaddeus Moss, if the Saints draft him, they create a celebrity super fan in Randy Moss. That would be fun. But Patrick Queen, he might have made one of my favorite plays for LSU the whole year. That interception right at the end of the first half against Bama where they intercepted – they scored to go up 33-13. to 13. It felt like LSU was going to boat race Bama, and it just gave me so much joy. It ended up not being a boat race. It ended up being really close. But at that moment, that whole stadium was like, what the fuck is happening to us? And it was Bama, people just losing their minds. It was great. It's one of my favorite plays for the year. But, Billy, before we get you out of here, 
what you're one of my favorite follows draft night because you watch a ton of SEC football. A lot of us watch a lot of it, but you watch I, I feel like you watch everything. And you have incredibly strong draft takes about SEC players. Sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. That's all of us. But give me a couple of really strong SEC players that you teams are going to take that player and you're going to be like, what the fuck are you doing taking that player there? Is there a couple of SEC players that you just don't like that teams love that you're going to la- you're going to laugh at them draft night for making mistakes that you think? Well, I mean, right away, I can tell you the, the two defensive backs for Alabama that everybody thinks are going really high, uh, Xavier McKinney and Trevon Diggs. I just don't get it. I mean, I understand Jamar Chase abused a lot of corners, but if Trevon <laughs> Diggs is a first-round pick, Jamar Chase is going to be an All-Pro. Like, I, I, I just don't see it. Like, he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't stay with him. He couldn't tackle him when he did stay with him. <laughs> and him and McKinney, especially, neither one of them could tackle Edward Solaire to save their lives. And I just don't see. I, I certainly don't see it with McKinney when. They're, they're talking about Grant Delpit falling out of the first round. Like, that's a kid, and, and we've uh, – a couple of the SB Nation guys, and I've joked about this. Grant Delpit's the guy who's like, oh, he's in the second round, and then Seattle takes him, and it's like, oh, yeah, of course, duh, stupid. And now Seattle's got their next, you know, Cam Chancellor for the next five or uh, six years. Uh, um, that's totally happening. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- that just seems like a mortal lock. Um, other guys, uh, I can't, I'm I'm brain farting on the name, the cornerback from Florida. I keep wanting to say CJ Gardner Johnson. It's not him. CJ Henderson. CJ Henderson. That's it. Um, I don't see it with him. He, he's definitely, uh, to me, kind of like what you said about queen where he's going to need a lot of work. He's a great athlete. He's going to kind of have to learn how to play cornerback because he played in the system that is like. Yeah, no, man to man all the time. You're always pressing. And there was a there's actually a great article I read. Uh, I can't remember who did it, but it was the guy sat down with uh, Antonio Cromartie, and they broke down like the top five or six cornerback prospects. And they're watching watching this CJ Henderson, and they're like, I don't think this guy knows knows what coverage the team is doing. He's just like, I got this guy. And I have a feel, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes those guys transition to the NFL really well. If you go to a a coordinator, that's like, cool, you're really good at man-to-man coverage. Guess what? You're only doing man-to-man coverage, but that's not a lot. That's not Dennis Allen for sure. He wants you to be able to do different things at cornerback. I, you know, I don't see why he's kind of shooting up some of the draft boards. Um, let me think. Jake Fromm, no business being an NFL quarterback. Sorry. <laughs> I was Seems hoping like you would say that. Ah, um, see, Seth Galina said he thinks he's hurt. He thinks he got hurt. And before South Carolina, he was good. And after South Carolina, he's horrible. Maybe something was wrong physically with him. So that made me hate Jake Fromm like 30% less. But you, you are building back up my Jake Fromm hatred. Or not hatred. Just yeah, I, I don't want the Saints. I, I've just never seen it with the guy. He's kind of a when you're a checkdown Charlie in college. I I don't see you getting out of that in the NFL. It's kind of like what I said about you know Justin Herbert, where it's like Justin Herbert struggles to anticipate. Yeah, that ain't gonna get better against the NFL defense. Yeah, that that's not something I think you can come back from. Um, you know, what Jake yeah. Fromm reminds he he's like Chase Daniel. 
as long as he's never seen the field, you kind of overpay him to be your backup, looks good with his helmet off on the sideline, looks very studious next to Sean Payton and Drew Brees or the quarterback of the future. As long as he's the backup and he's just kind of hanging out and he never sees the field (laughs) and eventually a team overpays him to compete for a starting job and he leaves, like I'm great with Jay Fromm. Jake Fromm being a saint. Dude, but, Chase Daniel's a legend at the bank. That dude's made over $40 million yes. in his career. But I, yep. like, from, from anything beyond that, it, I, so I guess, like, here's my thing with Jake Fromm. Like, if you take him in the third or fourth round, any guy you're taking at, at that stage of the draft is, well, I mean, you could argue that C.J. Gardner-Johnson was pretty impactful, actually, but... The Saints have a need for their third quarterback. It wouldn't kill me if Fromm was that guy, especially if it meant that the Saints weren't going to draft Jordan Love in the first round. I know you hate Jordan. Yeah, Love. oh yeah, no. Um, <laughs> count me out on Jordan Love. The kids a bit in the first round. Now, you know, you, you want to take him way later, okay, sure. Cuz you know, the kid's got a hose, but you know he doesn't know where it's spraying. Um <laughs> I, I just don't see it with, I, and I don't think he's going to be a first round pick. I, if I'm looking at this, like, yeah, no, that kid's got big and strong arm and all that kind of stuff, but he's just not accurate. There's no way NFL teams are like, except for the giants will be like, Oh, you weren't very accurate in college. Ha, well, we can fix that. We can, we can fix your, we can fix your accuracy problem. And, and Justin Herbert, yeah, you throw screens all the time. Um, but Billy guy, thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm going to miss you uh, not writing as much at the at the. And you're not writing at all, right? For any for in the Valley Shook anymore. You're. I am. I am officially retired. Uh, you know, I'm gonna find something else. Uh, I, I don't know what yet. You know, maybe a book, maybe something different. You know, maybe a podcast. I don't know. <laughs> but it, it 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 was the right time to step away. It was. You stepped away. They, 15 and 0, you're never going to top it, writing about that. Oops. So, guys, thanks for Billy for joining us. Uh, we got more draft coverage. We got, we're going to get you all the way till the Saints picking and even after us. That's why we're the number one Saints podcast. Support us. Get your swag. We love you guys. We will see you again tomorrow. <laughs>